When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Want to thank everybody who's listening right now. I uh, appreciate you checking us out. If uh, if you're into the interviews, you like knowing how your artists make the music, do their craft, hit that subscribe button. It's a great way to keep up with your favorite artist and discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. We put out brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's three a week. You can find us, of course, at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you like to get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking to one of my buddies, Mr. Jim James of My Morning Jacket. It has now been a handful of years since the Jacket have released a new record, and that was called The Waterfall. This is The Waterfall 2. In fact, this was always meant, as Jim will tell you, to be a double or triple album, however you look at it. Uh, But they decided to set it aside not long after they did release The Waterfall for various reasons. And we're going to be talking about all of that. But we're going to hear about, you know, when these songs were written, uh, what they meant then, how the world's changed since they were written, and how they relate to now. In fact, uh, one of the singles, one of the few songs that they had released uh, over the years already that does make this final track list is a track called Magic Bullet. It, uh, It was written around a 2016 gun-related murder. Of course, this is still a topic that we're talking about in 2020, so Jim and I are going to get into that, as well as the protests. Jackets, a Louisville band. There's a lot happening in Louisville, of course, with uh, Brianna Taylor's murder. Uh, Jim, uh, these days, is living in Los Angeles, so I want to hear about what the protests have been out like out there and what it's looked like from the outside uh, in his own hometown is so, you know, enraged right now. 
We'll also get into the concept of water, not just in the title The Waterfall, but also in some of the songs. Uh, He's been producing, of course, over the last few years, so we'll hear about his work with S.G. Goodman. And, and here's the kicker, there's a new, new record, and it's finished. That's right. Jim's going to be telling us about a new album of new songs as well. So let's jump into this, talking about The Waterfall 2. It's Kyle Meredith with Jim James of My Morning Jacket. How's it going? It's going all right. And it's nice to say uh, at the moment, not that we couldn't always say it, but of My Morning Jacket, because uh, here we are in a little surprise situation where we're talking about a new jacket release with The Waterfall 2. This is something you've been sitting on for a while, right? I mean, these were the fr- are all of these songs from these same sessions that the original Waterfall album are from? Yeah, we did so many songs um, that when we first finished it all, we kind of thought we'd make like a, a triple record or whatever, you know? But it, it just, when we were sitting there like listening to it, and it just seemed like it was just like way, way too much to release. So, so we split it in half. Uh, and yeah, this is, we didn't really know when we would release the other half, you know, and, and back then, I mean, so, so much has happened personally and in the world since then, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just been such a strange path. We knew we'd release it someday, but we really didn't know when. Dylan did five discs of the Sinatra covers and one of those was a triple album. So it's not like, it's not like that was unheard of during this time. (laughs) Although it was probably too much, honestly, for Dylan to, uh. (laughs) Do five discs of Sinatra. It's never too much for Dylan. <laughs> it's never too much for him. So, but so all the songs are from then. The album is from then. Are, is everything still like? Are these actually the recorded versions from then? Did you all did you all take the opportunity to go back and you know tweak anything, update anything? Because that's all musicians. You talk about it. You know, over the years, like oh, I wish I'd done that. Like you actually had that luxury if you wanted it. Yeah. No. These are the recordings from then. Uh, there's. A couple we hadn't mixed yet that we mixed uh, now, but Tucker Martin mixed them through the same gear we mixed the Waterfall One through. So it's all the same thing. I'm a big fan of uh, of leaving things alone from when they were, you know, other than like ma- remastering them or sometimes you do that, things like that. But I feel like uh, it's almost like a time machine, you know, because I listen to these songs and and it's a different me it's a different set of people uh because it was recorded so long ago and to me that's cool because i feel like if i got in there now and started changing it it's it would be so different so that that's something that because we we did one song uh one of these songs for fallon that'll come out next week on fallon so we re-recorded it and it was so interesting to play it as the me now you know as that and i was just like whoa this is crazy you know because it's just like I sing it a little different or whatever, and, and it's just, but it, that that's part of the beauty, I think, of, of recordings for all of us, you know, for music fans. It's like, it, it is like a time machine in so many ways for the listener and for the artist that it's so cool to see a song grow over the years. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting mm-hmm. to like play, play one of these songs new after hearing it again. That is interesting too, because of course you all, you know, are, are as much known as a live band as a studio band, and and the way the songs grow. You know, we get to hear those over the years. But again, having this moment where you've spent the time with these songs more than we have, other than a couple, you know, that uh, that had made their own way out, and we'll talk about those here in just a little bit. But but also, as you said, like you know, the world has changed a lot since you put these out. There were conversations happening around the time that you wrote these that you know are unfortunately still having to this day. But but do you hear? 
any of them now? Do, do you hear anything different in them now than than maybe when you originally you know conceived them? Oh yeah, I mean when I decided to bring these songs back out, it was during I'll call it phase one of the pandemic. You know where we were all kind of tucked in our our pandemic isolated worlds, trying to uh, figure out this new reality and stuff. And I stumbled upon one of the songs, "Spinning My Wheels" on shuffle. It came up on my while I was taking a walk one day and I like listened to it and I listened to the rest of the waterfall too. And I was like, Oh man, this is like, maybe this is a good time to release this now. Cause it, it feels kind of reflective to me and it feels kind of, uh, something maybe people will enjoy sitting with and being reflective about their own lives, you know? And then, you know, we've kind of had this phase two of, of the pandemic with the, just the, the world is exploding and the, uh, George Floyd protests that kind of started everything and the Breonna Taylor murder and, you know, all this stuff that's going on. So, so I hope, you know, I think every artist always hopes that their music lasts, you know, is, is always relevant. And, and I hope, I hope people, you know, as the world continues to change, find some healing in, in this music. Well, that, yeah. that does, I think, speak specifically to one of the songs that you had released early because Magic Bullet is obviously on the record. It had come out a few years ago. In fact, it had come out. Uh, it arrived during uh, gun-related killings in 2016. I apologize for not remembering um, uh, who was involved in that. But but that's sort of one of those those songs that have that unfortunate tie. Like I, I'm guessing that's not lost on you, right? No. Well, that's one of the saddest things about that song. Is I was talking to somebody about that song the other day, and it's like, it's a, what a sad fact when there's so many gun so many episodes of gun violence that you can't re- even remember which one you wrote the song about. You know, it's like the, that's how sad is that, that, that you and I are sitting here trying to remember, uh, Oh, which one of, of all of these terrible episodes of gun violence. And I, yeah, it's just like the, the whole thing with guns th- that's so sad. It's just like, there's this somewhere, there's this thought that these, these bullets can solve something, you know? And, and it's like, they never solve anything. They just create more mess. You know, there's just this this hope in the song and, and this this plea in the song that we can find a different way around this. You know, like, but but we need each other's help to do it, and and we need, I mean, we need so much, but it's just like we need serious conversations and, and real real ability to listen to each other. You know, and I think the the symbolism of the whole gun debate is one I think that kind of is the United States in a nutshell because people are so passionate on both sides the people are so angry on both sides and i think it's really a matter i think we all need to get better at listening to each other you know and trying to to just stop stop the anger for a minute to get to a place of uh clear and rational discussion you know because we're never going to get anywhere if we just keep fighting about everything it's, it, it feels like we've really like turned into this big fighting machine you know it's like that's then it's just sad to me yeah. Well, that, I mean, the last time you and I talked, I mean, this this was, I think, part of the conversation. This has been a few years ago, but but I remember you saying it's like, you know, when people actually get face to face with each other, the conversation is very different. Uh, yeah. And I think we were probably doing a comparison to, you know, what the online culture, uh, how that sparks so much and that real weird imaginary world of the cloud and, and whatnot. But but, you know, here we have. In another sense, you know, in 2020, conversations are now happening louder than they've ever happened. Uh, you know, they, uh, to me, it feels like obviously they're sticking around longer than, you know, yesterday's news in the in the two week cycle that, uh, you know, 
what we might have had when Magic Bullet was, you know, originally released and everything. And I'll bring up, you mentioned two names, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, uh, Breonna Taylor from right here in Louisville. Uh, and I know you've been spending your time uh, outside of the city for a, a while now. I know this is probably an obvious question, but what's that been like for you to kind of see that, see all of this from afar, not just as a name on the news from, from any city, but specifically from your hometown? It's heartbreaking. I mean, it, you know, just even talking about it makes me want to cry because it's just, I've, I've been going to the protests uh, here in Los Angeles and, you know, trying to support online, trying to educate myself, you know, in all these matters about demilitarizing the police and, and figuring out, like, how we can better structure our world so these things don't happen. You know, the Breonna Taylor thing. I mean, there's so many com- conversations around police brutality and, and defunding the police and demilitarizing the police. and But but the Breonna Taylor thing to me, how a person can be murdered in their own home while they're sleeping and have there still be no justice for that is just heartbreakingly insane. And, and, the, and the fact that, that more of our leaders, even from the police, you know, aren't, aren't saying, aren't demanding justice for this woman who's killed in her own home, this innocent person, it's just baffling to me. You know, it's like, I, I know it's not simple. I know that restructuring the government and, the, and eradicating systemic racism and white supremacy, those aren't, you know, overnight things. But I think people want to hear more passion from our leaders, more of a... a a resolve saying we will figure this out we will get justice and again i think it's a conversation people need to have rationally with the police too so people are talking to the police and saying like hey like we're not trying to like wipe out all of your jobs and take away all of the good things that police departments do bring but we do have to look at this this police brutality and really address it and restructure and move people around you know demilitarize the police take away you know the the warfare weaponry that they have right. is just insane you know it's just obviously we could talk about it forever but the Breonna Taylor thing is just like it's just crushing it just crushes me every time I think about it yeah and and you and I have both worked with some of the leaders who I'm not speaking for you I'm speaking for me personally here but it, it's been very frustrating it's been very frustrating to see the inaction that's been happening here in, in the city from these leaders that you and I uh, I do know and uh I'm really, really excited to see that the conversation is now specifically about, as you said, demilitarizing the police, because I don't think that's, you know, we've been talking about police brutality for a long time. You're in L.A., you know, we can go all the way back to the 90s and way back before that even, you know, in this conversation. But it seems like right now we're finally honing in on on something. But I will say here in the city, it's it's very frustrating that that action isn't happening faster. Yeah, it really is. It really is. But with the waterfall too, you know, the, the, those moments do crop up in here with, uh, like I said, with, with Magic Bullet. I know that's not the overarching theme that goes along uh, with this record uh, as it did find you in a different spot. But you hear it in the title, obviously. It's brought up in Run It. Um, and I think you even said it, maybe it was a press release or another interview with Learning to Flow with Life. And the water concept seems to be really on your mind with what was happening around here and and maybe now i imagine there's a metaphor to that that is not completely literal well i mean i think a lot of it came from that song run it that i wrote 
while I was at the water and just, just thinking about how, you know, obviously we're made of water. We're mostly water. And we all have this desire. In Louisville, it's a big thing, too. As you, as you and I know, there's so many times in Louisville where I want to get to the river. You know, if I'm troubled or I'm trying to process something, I'll go to my favorite spot on the river, you know, and, and go to the water. And, we, you know, everybody knows the feeling of wanting to go to the ocean or go to the lake or go – to these places of water because it, it is so healing you know and then you think about even things like people like bruce lee you know talking about being water you know and learning to flow like water and and just thinking about that because our world right now is so rigid you know it's so uh it's like stone you know it's like i feel like the uh the anger in our world nobody's flowing anymore everybody's clashing you know and and i, and I think it's time for us all to wake up before it's too late and find ourselves somewhere in the flow, in the middle. Because I really feel like, like we talked about earlier, if people can really look each other in the eye and turn off the news and turn off the media and turn off all of the BS and really meet each other in the center, we can find some common ground, you know, and, and then try to vote on that common ground instead of voting against our own self-interests, you know, instead of yelling at each other and fighting and clashing and blah, blah, blah. It's like just trying to find that place where we can all flow together even even in the way, and I love talking about this because I think we need to talk about it more, finding a way we can flow together and agree to disagree about so many things because we're never going to agree about everything, but we've got to find a way to stop fighting. You know, And I really feel like the politicians have done such a good job of pitting us against each other, especially this current administration. Our current president is a master at divide and conquer, and, and that can't be understated, and people need to realize that we aren't each other's enemies. You know, they, We have been manipulated into this divide and conquer strategy that's working too well on us and and, and it's up to all of us to really wake up from that yeah it's yeah, uh you it's... know the culture of fear is strong and uh it does a lot to a lot of minds i was thinking about that water thing and i even thought wait didn't he run, didn't he go to the desert for a little bit wasn't he stuck uh, of course you'd want to go to the water weren't you in like a joshua tree for a little while <laughs> oh yeah i mean you need all the environments yeah i mean i love it i love every environment but that that song the theme of theme of water keeps popping up from that song run it that's on this record and i mean you know i mean even in the desert yeah. water pops up more than anything because you need it you need it so bad you know that song's are really interesting sounding on on the record too because um uh i'm hoping i remember this right i mean it's it's one of the more minimal sounding songs uh, uh on the record i was trying to remember exactly where you guys were what you were talking about when the waterfall came out because i I felt like you were talking a lot about soul music and kind of leaning into that a little bit. Not, but obviously, there's more that goes along with it uh, as we hear on "Run It." Um, Feel you, uh, my wife Jen. You know Jen. She she really quickly mentioned it had a gave her a John Lennon vibe, which uh, nice. I, I thought was really good. And then there's that sweeping piano in, in "Beautiful Love." I mean, talk about that's a different thing for you all. Was there? Did do you remember like where you all were musically when you were creating these? Well, I mean, musically, I feel like I'm always all over the place when I'm writing songs because I just love every type of music. And out when we did this record, we were out there in Stinson Beach so long that we just kind of drifted from one thing into the other. You know, it's like the the environment, we kind of set it up. We were lucky enough to get into the studio for a really great price so we could spend more time out there. And we... There were just so many magical moments where the day kind of flowed into a song or, and the song flowed into the day. Uh, like Run It, when we did that song, we set up like a real simple setup and Patrick was 
playing a box or something and you know it was all really simple and then the power went out <laughs> you know it was like there's just all these cool little little things that that flowed into that whole that whole magical time out there but th- but that's the thing so so these you know these they all come from them uh, and and then the band talked about uh, i say come from them it came from that time as you said uh, and then the band talked about how it was time to go on hiatus. You know, now we have a new record, but it's a new record from a, a past time. Is the hiatus over? You know, is this another stopgap? I mean, what's what's yeah, well, the future? That, that's one of the most frustrating things about the pandemic. I mean, for everybody, you know, but but for us, we did uh, four shows at the end of 2019 or in 2019 or whatever that that really re-energized us and. <laughs> you know, brought us back to life. We're like, let's, you know, let's get back at it. So we went in the studio and we have a whole new record that we're finishing a com- you know, completely new record. And we had a uh, date set up for co- this coming fall, which obviously we have to cancel because of the pandemic, just like everybody else. So now it's kind of, that's, that's part of the, uh, the puzzle now that everybody's trying to figure out is, uh, you know, whenever the new, the new album is done, but it's like we really, whenever we release it, we want to play shows for it. Obviously, right. it's like we want to, you know, make it a thing because because it's so exciting to have these new songs and want to play them live. And we really recorded them really really live. You know, it was just the five of us, and uh, you know, literally nobody else, just the five of us, and we played, and it, and it was so exciting and so fun. But now we're kind of in this holding pattern, you know, with with everybody, you know. So at least in that regard, it's like we're all in this together, trying to figure it out. But that was another thing when I stumbled upon the Waterfall 2 music again is I kind of felt like, well, this is kind of a cool way to hopefully ease the band back into life because we feel excited to be a band again. That excitement has come back, and we're lucky that we still have the second half of the of the last record we did. So let's put that out. Hopefully that'll buy us a little time, you know, before the, uh, you know, guy. I mean, I know we're all like, so uh, ready for life to rec- return, you know, and for so many reasons, you know. So, yeah, who knows yeah. when? Yeah. We'll see. Well, that's exciting, and that's actually what I was hoping for. It's like it's like okay, the band's back, but are they? You know, so that's 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 really cool. And I know that's not the only thing you're doing right now, too, because you know we we you know, and it's been happening for a while. We get these records, and the first thing people tell us, like, oh, by the way, it's produced by Jim James. Uh, S.G. Goodman, I think, is the latest one, which we've got her uh, Old Time Feeling song just blasting over the uh, WFBK airwaves right now. What else is going on? Are you able to still do that? Are you able to collaborate in those uh, producing manners from afar in in any of this, or has that been put on hold as well? Yeah, I mean, really, in this time, it's been mostly finishing this new uh, jacket record I've been working on, finishing that another i mean there really hasn't been any i've been doing lots of little little performances and things you know mm-hmm. online things and stuff like that but uh i'm not not working on anything i'm really really excited about that sg goodman record and she's yeah. a cool one man cool. i mean i know she's new to all of us it's a that's a really cool record that you guys have. i think she's yeah. got such an important voice that that it's so cool to hear people hear that record because everybody's like you know there's there's just something like different about it you know because mm-hmm. she's coming in this vein that we're all familiar with, but she's got such a special new twist on everything, on, you know, on everything she does that I really feel like uh, it's something people really need to hear. I'm really excited for people to hear her. Yeah. 
the waterfall too. It's so great to have this out into the world. So thank you all for taking the time and, and using this moment here to, to finally give us this thing that, you know, has been a bit of a mystery for a few years. Uh, so getting it out there, man, we're really enjoying what we're hearing. Obviously we're going to look forward to what comes next. And uh, I know everybody wants to see the jacket uh, live again. So whenever we're all doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, man, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time thanks. today, man. Thanks. And uh, take care. We'll see you around. All right, bud. Thanks. All right. My thanks, Mr. Jim James, my morning jacket. The new album is called The Waterfall 2, and we're definitely looking forward to the uh, the new record that comes next as well. Now, while we're here, I'll go ahead and include uh, a couple of other interviews I've had with the bands over the years. There's been many, but I'll uh, I'll put two here. Uh, this one stretches just back a few years to Jim's uh, solo LP called Eternally Even, which was released in 2016, so we'll offer that up as well. Part 2, Jim James of My Morning Jacket. Jim James, the new record, Eternally Even. Uh, in fact, it's the, I guess, second technical solo record. I get confused because of the Yim Yam stuff at the beginning. but this is... <laughs> It's easy to get confused. And it sounds great, man. It's... I don't know. It's it's not exactly a dark record, but I feel it's a record for dark times. Yeah, I was hoping it would be a source of light or love or peace or, mm-hmm. you know, something. You know, like I wanted to be a part of the discussion, you know, about what's going on right now in the world and I don't know. Not. I definitely don't have any answers. <laughs> I'm definitely no expert. But I just wanted to, you know, hopefully project some kind of good, good energy into the world around what's going on. Yeah, and I know a lot of that, you know, was probably based on actual, you know, events happening, maybe even outside of specific politics. But you know, this was written obviously, before we're having to deal with, you know, the Trump presidency. Do these songs, like, do they take on any sort of different meaning or urgency with you now that they exist in a Trump presidency? Yeah, they definitely have. You know, I feel like the world has changed. Uh, I really feel, uh, I've felt a great sadness, uh, almost like a mourning since the election's been over. You know, and it's more, yeah, it's bigger than Trump. You know, it's bigger than any of this, uh, you know, stuff that's happening right now, but it just feels really scary. You know, it feels like we've really gotten on the wrong path. I feel like there's really, I feel like we're valuing the wrong things. You know, we're valuing this kind of crazy greed and social media celebrity and bullying and all this stuff that's kind of gotten this man in power now. I feel like it's kind of what so many people are taught to value Mm-hmm. And it just seems so scary because I feel like we're missing out on the bigger picture, which is, you know, that we should all embrace and love each other and find find common ground and, I don't know, be coming together more than ripping each other apart. Um, right. I don't know. I just feel really, really concerned and, and maybe most of all concerned about the environment. Mm-hmm. I feel like if, if this team that it seems he's assembling together to run the free world absolutely denies climate change and and you know that keeps getting worse and worse it's like none of us are even going to have an earth to worry about anymore you know it's like that that to me seems to be the biggest issue of all that nobody really talks about in in great detail or or denies or um that just blows my mind because if there's nowhere to live there's nowhere to even be greedy on right right so that that part really confuses me yeah you know, my, me and Jen, my wife and everything, we'd been talking afterwards about, okay, now is the time that you, you do take action. You know, all these things that you were sort of passionate about, you actually go out and try to make a difference. And 
And and for me, that's been the trees project around here in Louisville because the tree canopy issue. And I thought, well, that's an easy place to start because similar to you, you know, the environment was kind of foremost on my mind. And and yep. you know, the the idea of saying, okay. You, you, if you want to fight back at this, the only thing you can do, one of the biggest things you can do is just to take on that passion project that makes the world a better place and make that your focus. Exactly. That is so important. It really is so important for everybody to to step up and, and get off the couch and, and put down their phone and, you know, really get out and do something in the world and really try to do something in a, in a way with an open heart. You know, I feel like there's uh, a lot of communication needs to happen. A lot of getting together with people that you might not normally agree with or, you know, I, I really, somebody at a fundraiser we did last week brought up this great idea of having like dinners, like community dinners with people, you know, inviting people from all different walks of life to sit down together at a table and, and really see that we're really not that different, you know, and, and the media tries to separate us and the candidates try to separate us and label us as, conservative or liberal or, you know, even divide us by the color of our skin or our religious preference or our sexual preference, all these things that are illusions that, you know, I think most people would find once they sat down at a table with somebody that they really had way, way more in common than they did apart. You know, and if we can, I don't know, try to do those real literal things, we could really get better candidates and, you know, get candidates that are more in the middle that stand for you know, things that more people just value in general, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what you have been labeled as. And and for you, I mean, you, you do have a, a megaphone and, and a wide audience that, you know, listens to you. You've always been a, a preacher of love and acceptance and, and peace. I mean, that's always out there. Uh, you know, have you felt yourself wanting to say more now that this is happening or do more uh, specifically? Yeah, I really feel all of that stuff. I, I feel like I've just had an awakening in the last year or so uh, of, you know, I don't know, even just talking about it from a climate change point of view or whatever. It's like, I feel like for so long, so many people have had pretty good lives. You know, I definitely have. And and if you have a life where most of your basic needs are taken care of, you have the luxury to like have ex existential crises or to dwell on your own problems or whatever, you know, and not like that stuff goes away, but when you start realizing that so many people don't even have these basic rights, you know, or or there's so much stuff that needs to be addressed that you start to realize that you really don't have the, the luxury to just think about your own problems anymore. You know, you have to start working with people and trying to be a voice of good or I don't know. I feel like with my music, just all this stuff kind of just, it, it was what was coming out of my heart or my mind or whatever. So it's like, it wasn't even like a necessarily a thought. It's just, I feel like I've shifted in some way. I feel like a different person uh, over the course of this last year or so. Mm-hmm. And then you, you attended the, um, the Beastie Boys event at the, uh, the park the other day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was a really beautiful event. Yeah. That was a great example, you know, cause I think people think, that they don't count, you know, that they're just one, they're one vote or they're one person doesn't count, but everybody counts so much, you know, and it's great to be at a rally like that and, and see that if not, if everybody hadn't showed up, it would be, it wouldn't be a, a rally. It wouldn't be a gathering. Mm-hmm. You know, we need everybody. And I think we really need to get that message across in Louisville too. You know, if, if stuff, stuff happens in the world that you think is unfair or you think is wrong we need to get together you know and and really proclaim that so i think we're going to sadly see a lot more of this kind of stuff happening mm-hmm. and i think we need really need to get together and there's something so beautiful about 
getting together like that and connecting with people and, you know, all the new friendships you can make and alliances you can build that, you know, people just getting together to work for peace or equality or say that's not cool when somebody draws swastikas on a children's playground. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like just these things that are so clearly not cool. But if nobody shows up and nobody stands up, then that shit becomes normal. And that's when you start really getting into dangerous territory. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, that's that's the one of the main lines in the in the single here in spirit, right? Yeah, uh, you've just got to stand up and, and say something. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's been said so many times, and, you know, Martin Luther King probably said it best, you know, those who remain silent. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the worst thing you can do in a time of oppression or injustice is to remain silent. Because I think the world is, there's so many great people in the world, but I think a lot of people have had the luxury of a, of a decent life, or, or they feel afraid because of bullies like Donald Trump or you know, fear, which is reasonable and understandable, but it's, uh, I don't think we have the luxury to stay silent anymore. Yeah, uh, I, I believe you on that. And and I'm feeling the same way, you know, when I listened to these songs when they first came out versus, you know, one day afterward, it, it was amazing because, I mean, even the line in Same Old Lie that if you don't vote, it's on you, not me, and then half the nation doesn't, and that yeah. line just keeps coming out, you know, I keep hearing that over and over and over with a forehead palm every single time i know i know you know just to be active in everything i mean even if you didn't vote this time around you can still be activated you know and it's trying to inspire those people so that's what i really appreciate that you're doing out there well that's what we got to do i mean we all got to be you know it's it's all of us i don't not just us as musicians or whatever but it's like yeah i mean even if that's the least that you do is just vote (laughs) you know it's like I don't know, but I feel like this this is a time, hopefully, you know, that's one of the good things that can come out of this this terror and destruction that it seems like it's going to come from this new administration is that hopefully it will wake people up and make people realize that this does affect your life. You know, mm-hmm. it does affect the earth. It does. It affects everything. So you do need to become informed, you know, or at least become informed on issues you care about and vote on those issues and you know, we all got to do it differently. It's not like, and I know people, whatever, people have to work, people have kids, people have lives they have to lead too. But it's like, if you don't make time for this stuff to become educated and to vote, it's going to affect your kids and it's going to affect the earth. And it's like, there's, I feel like it's just, I don't know, it's so important. Right. And, you know, and you did a little uh, speak thing with Dave Edgars not too long ago, which I feel like falls under all of this. It's about making that, you know, public thing where you know the conversation i mean are do you are you going to be doing any more of those in the future that you know of yeah i would love to that was so fun uh dave eggers is just a, one of my favorite authors and a friend and he's uh just such an inspiring uh example of of using like his platform for good he's done so much for like creative education and and just so much great work that that was primarily what the talk was about which i feel like as many people know, I mean, I don't even have kids, but as many people know with kids, you know, the funding and music and the arts and stuff being cut back and just creativity in general kind of being attacked and trying to find ways to get that, make that available for kids. I wish I would have had more, you know, cool musical or writing or things like that when I was a kid. I was going to ask about the future. I know we, you know, had the Magic Bullet song that really fit into all this and it was very well timed and a great song, by the way. Uh, and we loved playing it and everything. So you're only talking a little bit about it, but I guess you're going to start working on a new jacket record in the spring as well. Yeah, yeah. I've already written a bunch of songs for that, and yeah, we're going to get together and start doing that yeah. uh, in 
in March or April. Do you know where the lyrics are kind of landing? Is it more of what you what's on your mind with all of this? Right I, you know, it's it's so weird. I, I wouldn't expect anything because I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I've got like I don't know, fifteen or sixteen songs already written uh, that that I thought you know was and still is the starting place or whatever for for whatever the next record might be. But I really feel different now. You know, I really feel like everything has changed, and I'm not sure exactly what that means for me personally or musically. You know, I think a lot's going to happen over the next few months. Uh, the world is just in a crazy place right now. And I think no matter what side you're on or what, you know, you think you're labeled as or whatever, I think everybody would agree on that. So I think, like, we all need to focus on, like, on that, like, little piece of energy. Like, where do we all agree? Like, how can we make this not be the beginning of the end of the earth? <laughs> you know, it's right. like, how do we how do we figure this out? You know, and it's like, I think the only way we're going to figure it out is, is talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and really, I think it's really going to be tough, but I think we all have to try to respond with love all the time. So I think there's going to be so much hate being cast. And it's so easy, especially with the Internet, for people to get mad and cast their hate back and, you know, whatever, cast their anger out in and, and, and terrible ways, no matter what side you're on. And I, I think it's like just this, each other reminding each other constantly that, like, love is the only, the only answer and that's the only way we're going to get through this. Yeah. I, I love your optimism. I always do. Uh, I, I don't know that a lot of people think that the division can be closed, but it, uh, you know, it sounds like that you are optimistic that it can be. I think it can. I think if people like, I'm trying to like really spread this idea a lot because I think it's a really great idea that uh, of people getting together, like having like these community dinners, you know, where people are invited to some I don't neutral place, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere just some. It doesn't matter, uh, and and have a potluck or just to eat somewhere. Really, there's something about sitting down at a table with people. You know, coming in knowing that you're going to be disagreeing, but with an open mind to just listen, you know, just sit and listen to each other. And I, I really feel like that's kind of the key. Like, if everybody could start doing that, I think we would really see there are these divisions, you know, between rural and urban areas or whatever, or conservative and liberal, or however you want to label it, or black and white or whatever, that are re- truly just illusions. But I think once you talk to somebody, you really see that they're a human. And that they really, at the end of the day, everybody just wants to love and be loved and protect their families and have a good job and have a good life. You know, I feel like it really gets pretty simple when you rip everything away that divides us, um, that I think there there is a way. You know, is it easy? No. You know, and I'm not, I'm not like trying to be like falsely optimistic or whatever, but I really do believe there there is a way. Jim James there from a 2016 or 2017 interview, the 2016 album, Eternally Even. Uh, Now part three, this one runs all the way back to 2011, talking with the guys about the circuital record, part three of My Morning Jacket. In the studio with uh, My Morning Jacket, uh, Patrick, Tommy, Jim, thanks for joining today. Thank you. Congratulations so far on all the attention for the new album, Circuital. Thanks. Thanks so much. Doing pretty good. Uh, Jumping right in, you guys chose to self-produce this time around. Is that right? Yeah, well, we co- I've co-produced it with uh, Tucker Martin, who okay. um, is a great friend of ours and a great set of golden ears. What was the reason this time to uh, to take more control over it just yourselves? Or? Well, I mean, I've always produced pretty much everything we've done. We've worked with a few co-producers, um, John Leckie and Joe Ciccarelli, on our last two records. And uh, I've just found since working with them, it's fun for us to have 
we always call them the policeman. You know, the policeman in the room that can be there to <laughs> to tell us. Because sometimes you're in the heat of battle and you think you might have done a good take, but it's too fast or it's too slow, and it's just really cool to have somebody there whose ears that you trust that can wrangle us all into shape. I mean, on this one, we always knew we hadn't quite made the mark when we walk in and Tucker's sitting there with his little notepad and he's hitting his pen on his fist and we're all jumping up and down. We're like, yeah, we did it. And he's, and he's going, like, well, <laughs> I think you got a few more in you. Right. Are you kidding me? Um, the few records, the uh, last couple of records you had went out of town, uh, out of state to put them together. But this time you come back to Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the reason behind that one? It just kind of happened. Um, we had originally just set up to kind of woodshed some songs over at the at this beautiful church gymnasium um, that our friend Kevin Ratterman, who plays drums for Wax Fang and is Louisville's recording uh, extraordinaire guru, had recorded in this room before, and I had visited him there and really just fell in love with the space, felt like it felt more like a classic studio than it did a gymnasium. Um, so we had just kind of decided to try some stuff in there, but then once we got in there, we were loving it so much that we just decided to keep going yeah. and make the record there. Well, no, it, 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 I guess it kind of plays into that, but some of the early press releases and especially some of the early reviews kept using that that, that phrase, back to their roots, <laughs> back to yeah. their roots. Yeah, we hate is that, that true? Phrase. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't stand that phrase. I mean, in some ways, it's it's you know physically we true physically or whatever because we roots, have yeah. come. We were recording this record in Kentucky, but it's not like we're setting out to recreate our first records or anything like that. <laughs> we still want to make. It's kind of cool because it it's a new experience for us. This is actually the first record we've done in Louisville proper. We did our first mm-hmm. three records in Shelbyville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. which is obviously very close, but not the same thing. Um, so again, this was a new, a new, we always try to make each record some kind of new experience in some way. And this was a new, um, thing for us to be at home. Do you miss the silos? Um, no, I mean, we had our day. Yeah. You know I mean, we had our romance. Yeah. So as, as far as, <laughs> as far as the, um, <laughs> I'm going to go on record as saying that this might be the, the most amount of dra- dramatic pauses that we've had. In <laughs> it's the pregnant pause interview. Yeah, this is, <laughs> it's fine. let's just put one in here right now. Uh, do the critics mean anything to you guys? I mean, they're the ones using the Back to the Roots, and and um and even I guess for the last album too. I think I was surprised in a lot of the critical review on the last album and, and ramping up to this one. Does that play into what you guys are thinking about when you're recording? Yeah, no, you can't think about it when you. I mean, you can't say you're not affected by it because you you know I think it it's like anything else. It hurts when somebody says something mean about you, and it feels good when somebody compliments you. You know, it's a pretty normal human emotion to feel those things when somebody's saying something about something you put so much time and heart into you know it's your it's your art and your work and you care about it um i do think it's it's frustrating because i feel like a lot of critics can sit from afar and judge things you know but they're not actually making work themselves so they don't know Hmm. what it's actually like to make something and and deal with it i mean obviously some of them probably do but i don't know at the end of the day though it's like i feel like we can only deal with what we have and and I, i talk about that a lot like trying to say we at some points would want to do concept records like this is going to be our reggae polka speed metal record you know but at the end of the day if you don't have any reggae polka speed metal songs written you're not going to have a concept record that goes (laughs) with that theme so i've just learned over time that you know the life that we live and the songs that pop into my brain come in for some reason and i try to respect that reason and we try to build them into songs and that's that's what we try to let it be as different as it wants to be or as similar as it wants to be, whatever, you know, that's just how the universe wants it to be. Yeah. And I guess when it all comes down to it, we don't release anything that we aren't 100% happy with. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we're really happy and proud of, of what we do. And, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like what Jim was saying, 
harsh criticisms are are always uh, a bit of a dagger but you know we're we're really proud of what we do and and mm -hmm. take great pride in it was there many songs that and uh, were redundant <laughs> was there many songs <laughs> that uh hit the hit the cutting room floor did you have a lot of leftovers for this one mm, there were a few three or four yeah. that didn't make it yeah yeah what usually happens with those songs? You try to bring them back they're in later. They're or destroyed. They're turned destroyed. into hot dogs. <laughs> 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 Turn them into sausages. Uh -huh. You don't want to see how sausage is made. <laughs> yeah. They are the lips and buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, turned <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> they're turned into sausages. And now we have the title of the interview. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about the, the album. It was uh, their fabled <laughs> lips and buttholes interview. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Highly controversial and <laughs> often talked about. Uh, you've mentioned art and concept. It's a, you're trying to get the train back on the track. <laughs> That's going to be a, another theme here. <clears throat> um, it is interesting artwork, and I have no clue. Is there a story behind the green eye? Is there, is there something behind this green eye? <laughs> there is, yeah. Um, it was just a very magical gift um, given to me by a very magical person who I love very much. Um, and... Every, every the instant I saw it, I was just like blown away by it. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, and it's when you turn it on, it takes thirty seconds or so to slowly light up green in this craziest, craziest way. We've got a video actually of it on our website now, where it slowly lights up green, and when you click it off, it slowly goes away. And uh, I was just like, when I saw it, I was just like, man, that thing on on the front cover and off on the back cover would just mm -hmm. be such a cool cool design for an album um so we just kind of went with that um but it's a it's a magic thing i feel like it's kind of like a mini wizard of oz well it's definitely played into the theme especially for the videos uh online <laughs> <laughs> and speaking you have an, another video online too and basically what it is is the uh the original song that you've you've taken uh holding on to black metal from is that the right way to say that Holding on to black metal. Yes. Yeah. So there's another song that you, you what inspired or mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? Because this is a, it's a really cool song and uh, from a compilation record that I can't imagine how anybody would have found. Yeah, there's a record label called Sublime Frequencies that uh, we have a buddy named Sweet Tea who has turned us on to a lot of great music over the years. He lives in North Carolina and actually owns his own record store in, in Boone, North Carolina. And uh, five or six or seven years ago, he turned me on to a can Cambodian cassette archives uh, CD. There's this label called Sublime Frequencies uh, that releases these collections of just lost and forgotten and bizarre music. And I fell in love with this Cambodian cassette archives thing. And ever since, I had been looking for other releases by this label and was out uh, in L.A. a couple of years ago working on something and was at Amoeba Records out there and found another release by this label that was a Thai, Thai pop spectacular, they called it. And I got it and was riding around in the car listening to it and had like a similar reaction that I had had to the Cambodian one and just loved it. Um, and kind of got hypnotized by this, the riff of this one song and was listening to it on repeat um, over and over and over and over again. And all these lyrics and melodies started to come out of my head and girls yelling black metal and all this stuff. And I was just trying to remember it all. Um, so in essence, it's like the song was inspired by that. And when I made an original demo of it, I just used a sample of the song. And we were thinking about just sampling the song but then at the end of the day we decided it would be most powerful if we played it so we kind of almost look at it as like a hip-hop sample usage but we're actually playing it yeah I, th I thought of it uh actually in reverse terms with it just being a very folk thing to do and yeah it's folk music we used to do that all the time yeah exactly yeah, how many songs have the same exact yeah. chord structure and but they're singing about different things right on top of, yeah bob dylan made an early career out of it exactly 
<laughs> Lots of people did. That's true. <laughs> Based on folk music. Uh, a few things coming up. Um, you guys uh, seem to have an endless amount of collaborations that just stream throughout the years. Is uh, Should we expect anything like that? or? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got our show at the Palace on Tuesday night, our album release show. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Erica Badu's going to come join us for a few songs, which we're trying to keep that a secret, but it's been let out of the bag now. So that's the next thing coming up that we're really, really over the moon excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to play with her briefly once did tyrone yeah we did tyrone together and it was just unbelievable i mean her voice is just great i mean if you think her voice is good on record her voice live is just (laughs) insane uh so that you know that was something we wanted to make happen again and yeah i've been trying to tell her if she needs a new band (laughs) new backing (laughs) band to let us know so who knows maybe this will that could be a dream tour seal the deal Yeah, yeah, yeah uh bonnaroo 10th anniversary oh yeah coming up uh huh. anything special for that one Hmm. No, no, <laughs> not at all. No, I don't know. I mean, it's always a special thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Know. We're playing the main stage this year, which will be cool. We've never played that before, um, so I think we're just slowly trying to play every possible tent and stage you can play <laughs> on the festival grounds. I mean, what's nice is you guys were dubbed kind of the Bonnaroo band early on. As the festival r- rose, so did you, uh, almost simultaneously. So it's seemingly fitting that you're back for the tenth anniversary. So yeah, it'll be fun. Good really to be back. That one. Yeah. And and last of all, uh, you have a record label as well. Is anything going on with that one right now? Well, that just kind of started as a way to release music that um, that we were into that was having trouble finding a voice and and local music and um, different you know just just a way to help people get a voice that were having a hard time getting their music heard. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of fascinated by the the concept and the ability to do that. Um, so it's definitely a a slow growing small small thing you know just kind of a fun thing that we're trying to get off the ground um just as an outlet and a voice for for bands that we like to get their music out there yeah that's something you could see doing more intensely down the road yeah interested in yeah yeah i hope so okay well one more question and we'll get out of this air conditionless hot box that uh we're all in that you guys have been stuck in all day by the way please uh this is this is the silly help the silly dj question uh, it's, we were talking about it earlier and I don't know if this is job specific because most people when they wake up or uh, when they're uh, dreaming and they can have the, I was naked dream or my teeth were falling out dream. And seemingly every DJ that I've ever talked to has a dream where nothing works mm-hmm, and the music does. Mm-hmm. Do musicians have that dream about being <laughs> on stage? D- yeah. Does that dream happen? That's really weird that you bring that up. Somebody else just asked us that a little while ago. About really? Yeah. That's so weird. Maybe you were dreaming the same thing. <laughs> we do. Yeah. All the time. We have that dream where we're trapped in some down basement dressing room and the band mm-hmm. is starting without us and we're mm-hmm. trying to find something and can't get up there. Yeah, Patrick's I, is the best. I he, just had one last night and uh, it's kind of a reoccurring dream, um, but it's where I can hear the band start to play in the distance. Mm-hmm. And I run up on stage and my drum kit isn't assembled. That's just <laughs> in a pile. So I'm trying... I'm simultaneously trying to play it as I'm assembling it and looking at these guys like, I cannot believe you all have started without me. What is wrong with you? I thought we were friends. So it, it just, you know, you just wake up in this cold yeah. sweat. So I don't, I don't know if, if, uh, 
if the DJ equivalent is as nerve wracking. It is. Yeah. That's how I spent my last night. <laughs> so I've done a, He's a doing little right bit now. of DJing in college, and mm-hmm. I know I know that DJ fear. Yeah. From reality of when you're t- pressing a button and talking and nothing's happening, there's dead air, and your station manager's <laughs> calling like, "What's going on?" <laughs> That's well, a little you, known fact today that Kyle Meredith is actually living his dream right now. And I am. He forgot to wear clothes today to mm-hmm. the uh, studio and is DJing naked right now. And thankfully, I get a whole lot of pregnant pauses to uh, have that part <laughs> <laughs> become a reality, too. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Good luck on uh, on this entire album run. Secure It's going to be out uh, in stores May 31st. Guys. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. An oldie buddy getting there. 2011's Circuital interview with uh, My Morning Jacket. Again, thanks to Jim James for the talk on the new album, The Waterfall 2. Thanks to you for checking out the series. Before you get out of here, uh, remember to hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with us and all the interviews we put out. Three new ones every single week, one Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with your favorite artists. Discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you like to get podcasts from. You can find us just up by Kyle Meredith with. Hit subscribe. We'll take care of the rest. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can find me on most of the social media platforms at Kyle Meredith. Hope you follow and like along there. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.